Welcome to the sixth episode of the From a Certain Point of View podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Adam. And Adam, I got to tell you, I'm really excited to be talking Star Wars with you today. I feel like I'm going through some Star Wars withdrawals. Um, having, you know, it's been a while, I feel. <laughs> it feels it's like been... it's been forever. I mean, we just put a show out last week, but that's been <laughs> over a week ago now. Yes, it feels like it's been a long time, and my excitement about Star Wars is just going through the roof at this point. Um, we were, yeah, we know, were talking pre-show. There's just been so much this week to, yeah, to read and to keep up with, and man, it's random. Yeah, up. lots of stuff to keep up with, and you know, a, a couple things have fallen a little bit by the wayside, but um, you know, just with getting geared up for the Rise of Skywalker and everything. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Let's go ahead and talk about what we've been watching and reading and playing in Star Wars this week. Do you want to get us started with that? Yeah, uh, so this week's been a little bit of a busy week for me, Other outside of Star Wars. I, we mentioned last week I was on vacation, and uh, mm-hmm. while I was... What was really cool, actually, was being... Cause I, so, a little bit of insight into my into my personal life. I work at home, so I don't get out very much. <laughs> but being out in the real world and like talking to people, Mandalorian is everywhere, dude. Like, oh, yeah, you can't go is. anywhere. Yeah. I was wearing, I was checking into the hotel when, when I got to, the, to Florida. I was talking to the front desk lady about Baby Yoda. I mean, it's, and then uh, last night I was at a dinner for work and my coworkers started talking about it. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go, Mandalorian is everywhere and it's so yeah. much fun to talk about it is i think baby yoda has united us all whether we love or hate the last jedi or yeah and it's people anything. that just don't normally um, watch star wars it's everybody yeah, the you know yeah population the, and yeah. you know i've everywhere i go i hear about baby yoda i mean at work too you know the teachers talk about baby yoda i had my security um sro the security resource officer at the school that i work at he came up to me he's like hey you know i've been watching the the Manchurian, and I was like, "You mean the Mandalorian?" And he's like, "Yeah, the Mandalorian." I'm like, "Manchurian, yeah, that's, a, that's a different movie." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Is he telling me he's watching the Manchurian Candidate or the yeah. Mandalorian?" But we got to the bottom of it. Um, it was the Mandalorian, and it's just like you said, it's everywhere, and I, I, I love that it's uniting everybody and just getting behind this adorable <laughs> baby Yoda, <laughs> this sweet little eight pound. <laughs> Talladega Nights reference. Baby Yoda, yeah. Yes. (laughs) So what about you? What have you been up to in Star Wars this week? Um, The main thing, I've been uh, diving back into the movies. And uh, this past, since we talked last, um, Brittany and I sat down and watched The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi again, which um, still to this day are my two favorite Star Wars movies. Um, And... You know, I just I just love them so much. I've been listening to the soundtracks or the scores um, for those movies as as well. Um, okay. and someday I'd like to talk to you about what your favorite Star Wars scores are. Actually, oh, that'd be a fun. Be a, yeah, that, that'd, that'd be a, a fun a conversation. Good topic. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't help but have these questions in my mind after watching Empire and Return of the Jedi. Like these questions that I want answered mm-hmm. in the Rise of Skywalker. That I don't know if we'll get these answers or not, but I really want to know, like. You know, after seeing Luke's severed hand and the lightsaber, you know, falling through the skies of, of Bespin, like, how did Maz get that lightsaber? Um, mm-hmm. It is just a question that I have. And I don't know if we'll get the answer, but I want that answer. And um, also just like, 
you know, seeing Vader's armor and body being burned at the end of Return of the Jedi, like how did mm-hmm. Kylo Ren end up with the helmet? Um, and then just once again, seeing Palpatine go down that very large shaft and like yeah, the explosion yeah. that happened, like how did he serve? How is he back? Um, yeah. So I think it really prompted all these questions that I, I wouldn't mind having answers to. Right. Yeah, and speaking of watching the movies again, I think we've mentioned this on the show, but I picked up a new TV uh, last week for Black Friday. I kind of caved when I probably shouldn't have, but I did. Mm-hmm. And nice. uh, seeing all of these remastered in Disney Plus and 4K is just like watching them all over again. It really is like watching them for the first time. Like Brittany has told me so many times, like, I didn't even notice that before. Like, look yeah. how dirty R2-D2 is. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, look, the, the, the little details and things you can you can pick up on, you know. Yeah, I rewatched awesome. uh, Revenge of the Sith, and man, that opening battle scene. Yeah. In 4K with, you know, with the HDR and all that stuff, it's just, it just makes you see it all over again. And, oh, yeah, it's been awesome yeah. going back through. Yeah. Um. And then the only other thing, I finished Resistance Reborn, so now we can awesome. have go through a full review of, of that novel. And um, I guess my biggest questions coming out of that was, you know, where do Leia and the resistance go from, from here? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it seemed like they were alluding to this base they're going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, eventually finding a kind of a home base, a place of sanctuary. And it's for me, like a lot of the names of the planets in rise of Skywalker have, been released or come out in some way but for some reason that planet in the beginning that we see the jungle planet where ray's training and probably the base is um why has that been kept from us <laughs> and i keep wanting it to be endor and i don't know if it's going to yeah. be endor but um you know i it, hope it's it just possibly endor. Endor, so. yeah. I, think, I think we'll get into this a little bit later because i want to touch on this again right uh and the mandalorian segment that we'll be that we'll be jumping into in a little bit but uh, yeah definitely. I, I, I hope it's i hope it's endor yeah me too i like going back to familiar planets sometimes so um yeah yeah definitely anything else with our that's fun or anything going on that doesn't fit into our other uh segments adam not for me i'm i'm ready for news there's so much news to talk about all right well let's jump into the news then You want the bad news or the really bad news? Okay, Adam. So the first uh, piece of news we have here is J.J. Abrams talking about the rise of Skywalker. And, um, you know, as we saw in The Last Jedi, we kind of got some some new force abilities, uh, different ways the force was being used. Um, what comes to mind for me the most is, you know, kind of the idea of force projection and, and being able to project yourself onto a different you know, a different location and even Yoda um, interacting with the physical environment with, you know, lightning and everything. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, force projection wasn't brand new. No. At that point. But, uh, right. But yeah, when, when we start getting into this, like brand new abilities make me a little nervous. Yeah, it but, does. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and, and, Sure, sure. Um, What JJ said here was, it was really important that we not just redo the things you've seen, but add new elements, which we know will infuriate some people and thrill 
others. And Abrams said this to Vanity Fair. So, Adam, what are your thoughts on force abilities? What force abilities do you want to see slash don't want to see in The Rise of Skywalker? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, without without sounding too crotchety, like, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of okay where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, magic or what equates to magic in these types of stories kind of has to ha- have a set. Uh, you know, kind of has to have its own boundaries. Has to have rules, right? And adding adding rules and adding new parts. I mean, it's fun, but it can also lead to some problems uh, when mm-hmm. you're trying to tell other stories, new stories, things like that. Sure. It can also lead to some inconsistencies with stories you've already told. So. You know, there's always been this talk about force healing and things like that, mm-hmm. which it it's just it, it creates some inconsistencies. You know, that if uh, force healing is something that that ever gets introduced, you know, why couldn't Anakin force heal himself with how strong he was? Why did he need the suit? That type of thing. So right. I don't know. Uh, I I really can't think of anything else that I want to add. Fair enough. Um, You bring up force healing, which I think is interesting because I think it's possible that we could see that um, for two reasons. One reason is Baby Yoda. And Mm -hmm. it it really looked like he was trying to heal the Mandalorian. And and maybe that's teasing that that ability a little bit. Um, The other thing and how it could tie into the story and, and be more, I guess, plausible is Ray has the Jedi texts, um, which were kind of lost for a long time until Luke found them. Um, so maybe that ability is in there somewhere, and it, it ties yeah. into the story that way. Yeah, um, that's possible too. And, and you could, you know, make the argument for that. Now, do I want to see healing necessarily? If they didn't have healing in it, I'd be I'd be good. <laughs> um, yeah. If they so, have it, if, yeah. if they have it in there and they can tie it in, right, in that way or something, then I'd be okay with it. But but you're right. It's it's kind of one of those tricky things where yeah. you know you, you don't want it. It doesn't feel like the characters are in peril. Um, yeah, that, that's the healed. other thing is it kind of takes away some of that suspense. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you definitely have to be careful. Um, yeah, and we're talking about do. force healing specifically, and like that's mm-hmm. come up recently because of Baby Yoda and things like that. But but even right. beyond force healing, I don't think that there's there's really not much else I'd, I'd really I really want to bring into the into the universe. I don't think. Sure. Now, the only other thing that I've been bringing up for weeks now is the idea of expanding upon the force connection that Ray and Kylo have in okay if so, okay. if somehow they can connect in an even yeah no i mean in like a telekinesis or well, not, maybe not telekinesis sort of like, like a, a teleportation type of ability i guess like factual um, physical moving planets or just visions actually um physically you know traveling to another planet through the force yeah um, I don't. Know. I don't really want to see that, but I think we, I really don't either, to be honest with you. I think we could, but I don't well, know I think if I part want of that to. Was, yeah, I think part of that was hinted at in Last Jedi with right. this, you know when, when they do these things and 
Kylo comes back with with the water on his glove and that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I so just, that's I why I think because that was hinted that. at. I mean, that's kind of like mm-hmm. I, I think for me again, that's like a step beyond what I'd like to see. That's right. It's a little much. I guess. Now, one thing that I wouldn't mind seeing, and this is actually going a little bit into my um, predictions for Rise of Skywalker, I wouldn't mind seeing Force Ghosts being able to interact with the environment a little bit more, especially when it comes to Luke. Because I think if Luke did something really powerful with the Force um, in this movie in kind of a physical way, I think it might land with some fans that might have been disappointed with The Last Jedi. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, And I mean, Yoda Yoda influenced the the world around him with that lightning strike also. Uh, Right. So maybe we've already seen the first. Yeah, it's not necessarily new, but Mm -hmm. um, one thing I thought of in particular was when I watched The Last Jedi again, I noticed once again that Luke's X-Wing is in the water. (laughs) Um, And I I can't help but think about Dagobah when Luke wasn't able to raise the X-Wing out of the water, but Yoda could. Mm -hmm. Um, What if Luke was able to do that in this movie? You know what I mean? It's just kind of a a thought I had today for some reason. Sure. (laughs) Um, The one thing I'd be careful of with like Luke doing anything major is I don't, I also don't want that to lessen the story of the current, uh, the main three either specifically Ray, I guess. That's true. This so, is very much about about Ray and right. um, her journey, and that's a very good point. So, so I think you don't maybe want to if minimize anybody that. would raise that X-wing, and that could be either physically the X-wing or maybe symbolically like doing mm-hmm. something else. I would maybe hope that that would actually be Ray. Could be Ray. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens with these force abilities, and if we get new ones, and if you know, um, I'm just. <laughs> I'm like anxiously awaiting seeing this movie because I'm so personally excited for it. But on the other hand, I'm like kind of so nervous about what the fan reaction and response is going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, but we'll see, we'll see what happens there. So anything else you wanted to say about that article, Adam? Nope. Good. All right. Um, so our next one is Chris Terrio talks about bringing Palpatine back. And he kind of addresses the concern that will it in any way diminish what happened in Return of the Jedi with um, Anakin, you know, Darth Vader being redeemed and, um, you know, the sacrifice of Vader. So what Terrio says here is he says, of course, the sacrifice of Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi and bringing balance to the force, we still had to honor that. And I think we do honor that in the film. Um, We don't take the end of Return of the Jedi lightly. And it goes on to say towards the bottom, um, we had to be careful about that. But if you look at some of the lore of Palpatine and the Sith and the way George has embedded ideas about the Sith into the mythology of Star Wars, there are ways the presence of that character can still cast its shadow mm-hmm. in the future. Right. I guess I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. So what do you think? What do you think about this? Part of that sounds like some of this inspiration came from Legends stuff to me, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. I never thought that yeah. that really lessened Vader's sacrifice in the first place. Right. You know, because Palpatine came back way back when, and I don't think that that hurt anything back then. No, uh, for me no I would agree. Anyway, maybe somebody yeah. felt like that. Um, right. 
Yeah. I don't, it's not really something I've been that worried about, to be honest. I, I, I see the concern. Like, I, I, I would never want Vader's sacrifice to be... Because that's actually one of my favorite parts of the entire saga. Absolutely. It is the redemption story in, in mm-hmm. six, and I love Anakin coming back, and I love, you know, I love that whole... So I, I would never want that to be tarnished. But I would uh, the interesting thing that 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 it makes me think of, at least in the materials we've seen so far, is we haven't actually seen Palpatine in the flesh. True, we have not. So we don't quite know how he how he's back yet. If it's flesh, right. if it's flesh and bone type thing, or if it's something else. Yeah, uh, and maybe... I think that's another thing we can get into when we next our next, next recording when yeah. we talk about our theories and it's predictions only a few days away <laughs> a few days away and i can't that's again i'm so looking forward to doing that yeah um yeah for me adam i would say this doesn't bother me either because no matter what that moment in return of the jedi nothing for me is going to diminish that um you know i i think that his sacrifice is always going to be a huge moment and a huge re- redemptive arc um so I don't think that this changes that. And I'm from the get go, I've been so excited about Palpatine coming back. Like, I think it's that the thing that for me brings the whole nine films together. Yeah, um, I agree. Having that common enemy and that, that evil that's behind pulling the strings. Right. Um, right. I, I, and, and the Skywalker family going up against that evil time and time again. So, um, you know, I, I think for me, I'm really excited about it and it's not going to diminish that for me. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling the same. So I'm with you. Um, our next story is the rise of resistance ride has opened in Orlando, um, at galaxy's edge. And did you get a look at this ride at all, Adam? No, I actually, I, I was, I did Disney stuff, but it was actually a cruise. So I wasn't really in any of the parks. Gotcha. There were some pretty cool things in the airport, and I showed you some of those. Uh, the the tram in the, in the Orlando airport that mm-hmm. takes you from the uh, the the, uh, the gates to the to the main terminal was all decked out in first order uh, garb, like a, they had a, a wrap on it that made the terminal itself almost look like a, a troop transport. And then there were decals of first order stormtroopers on that. Uh, and then the main Disney store there had some. Uh, real metal replica droids of one of uh, BB-8 and one of an R2 unit, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the stuff you sent me was very cool. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I got to see some of that stuff. I didn't get to go to Galaxy's Edge or anything like that. That's right. Still on the on the horizon for me. Have you seen anything online about it? I have seen nothing but positive things about. Uh, resistance, uh, uh, the rise of the resistance ride, um, to the point where like people are praising this as being one of the best attractions down there of any of any attraction down there, which is saying a lot. Uh, there's yeah, the quality yeah. of Disney's rides is unmatched. I've heard the same so, thing, and yeah, I, I think it it kind of pulls in a lot of different types of rides into one. Um, yeah, right. is, is something I've been hearing. And, you know, I did see some, some video online of the ride and everything. And, um, I've been debating really whether I want to YouTube it or not. And I might not. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Brittany and I did YouTube it just because yeah. I can't help myself, yeah. as you can probably, as you know me by now, <laughs> when it yeah. comes to this stuff. Um, but I figured by the time I get to Galaxy's Edge, it, you know, I will have forgotten a lot of what happens and yeah, experiencing yeah. it in person will be, you know, a new experience. But um, what I saw of it, I am very excited about, and I think it looks, I think it looks great. And um, yeah. actually, in in September my family will be going um, to Disney world and to galaxy's edge. So I'm pretty excited. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, so yeah. Uh, now the one thing I did see was that Disney actually started limiting, uh, limiting guest rides on that to uh, one per day, which I, I think is a great move for them because galaxy's edge has been nothing but just crazy busy. And add on top of that rise of uh, resistance launching and, I think it's perfectly fair. I mean, you don't want you don't want people jumping in for two, three, four rides when people are still struggling to get through the line once uh, to get on it at all. So I, I think that was a, a pretty good move. On their I part. agree, I, and I'm hoping by the time I get there, it has died down a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, I think it's this is kind of their tent pole ride and attraction, mm -hmm. as far as I can tell. So. Okay, so moving on to our last um, news story here, we had the announcement of a new game show coming to Disney Plus that is called Jedi Temple Challenge. Um, so for some reason, Adam, the first thing that came to my mind is, are we getting Legends of the Hidden Temple in <laughs> Star exactly Wars? That's exactly what I thought, too. <laughs> really? Did you think that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if it's just us growing up in that era with those 90s like Nick game show, Nickelodeon game show yeah. stuff, but yeah. I hear kids game show and temple. That's the first yeah. thing I think of is legends of the hidden temple. Absolutely. Like that's what I want this to be because it, it had be cool. like legends of the hidden temple had elements through, of like, Jedi temples and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But with, with Jedi temples and right, like it right. had elements of like, didn't it have like questions you had to answer. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. There was trivia. And there was, there like, was trivia, but there was and, physical yeah. challenges and then going through the temple. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Star Wars, this, I think this show could do just that and be a really cool show to watch. So um, yeah. that's what I want it to be, and that's what I'm hoping for. But we'll see what it, it turns out to be. Yeah. Um, any more thoughts on Jedi Temple Challenge? No, no, I don't think so. Coming in 2020. Awesome. Um, so I think we are ready to jump to our review segment of the show. Do you want to hit the cue for that, Adam? My disappointment in your performance cannot be overstated. Okay, so for our review segment this week, we'll be reviewing the novel Resistance Reborn, as well as Mandalorian Chapter 5. So um, starting with Resistance Reborn, um, Adam, I just kind of wanted to go through some of my positives and some of my negatives. I think what okay. you said a couple weeks ago about how my mind probably wouldn't change yeah. um, about how I felt about the novel. Um, I think you were right about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think after um, that, I think about halfway point, you kind of, kind of get the flavor of what it's going to be. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I do still feel like it's kind of a, a greatest hits of Canon, which I think is a cool thing in a yeah. way where it, it kind of brings together a lot of characters that we've seen in other stories and or even video games um, into this and pulls it all together. Um, some of the things I, I really liked about this novel, um, number one, 
Poe's story. I think as far as characters go, like his story was my favorite. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he, again, continues to go through this character arc of learning how to become a leader, learning from his mistakes and failures. Um, yeah. And, and just kind of there being those consequences for the decisions that he made in the last Jedi. Yeah. This is, um, a, this is a post yeah. story. Yeah, Very for sure. I think, yeah, this is Poe yeah. coming into his, coming into his own. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I mean, I like the little moments here and there that we got with, with Ray and Finn, but they were definitely not yeah. as prevalent as, as Poe. Um, yeah. Right. In this story. Right. I yeah, also um, Finn actually ahead. had a little bit more of a, a bigger role than than even Ray did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel I like Ray was just kind of a supporting character, uh, just kind of almost like a cameo, almost. Yeah, uh, I, I I feel the same way. I think yeah. obviously she's going to be the central right. character in right. Rise of Skywalker, so that kind of makes sense to, you know. Yeah, but but yeah, again, uh, you know, Finn was just kind of a side character, also. Hmm. Uh, Makes me wonder what John Boyega would think about this book. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know he was kind of iffy on the last iffy Jedi. On this book too. Yeah. yeah, he might be a little iffy on this book. Yeah. Um, I think I think John likes working with JJ. Um, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing I really liked about this book was the the kind of the mission of getting more ships for the resistance and recruit recruiting right. Right. um resistance members i like that aspect of it because obviously that needs to happen in between yeah. episodes eight and nine right. um so i like that aspect of it and, and like um, we had mentioned a few weeks ago i don't know how much of that we'll see in the rise of skywalker which kind of makes me think that this is almost a necessary uh prelude yeah uh, to that movie. yeah i think we could get a little maybe jarring. in the beginning yeah i hope it's not too jarring like uh, you know like, right you know, we go from one ship with 40 people to kind of having a mini fleet, you know? Right. I, yeah, I don't think it'll be that right. That much of it. I don't think it'll be that dramatic. Like, I think we will see um, a little recruiting possibly in the beginning or yeah. maybe a, a quick mission with, with Poe or something and Finn maybe right, trying to, right. to get some resistance members. Um you know, or maybe who knows, some kind of rescue mission. I mean, we had the rescue mission in beginning of Return of the Jedi. Maybe we'll maybe with the poetry and rhyming of Star Wars, we'll get that with this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, I also like the idea of finding the list of allies that are kind of being right that are right. prisoners. You know, um, and and maybe that and being the that reason that could, be, that could I, I think that that could come into play in the it could and that being the reason they didn't answer leia's call at right, the end of the last right. jedi i mean I, I, would, um, I would almost hope that that is part of the movie uh, part of the movie because yeah that was such a major piece of the ending of that movie i was that no one came right and yeah you know you're led to believe that the galaxy doesn't believe anymore and that's not true uh-huh. Uh which you know what's true is that the that the uh, first order has has put a stop to that. So I would right. hope that for the general public uh that 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 maybe doesn't read this book that I mm-hmm. hope they don't lean on that that much uh you know where they don't cover that at all in the movie. Right. Because just to give the audience that information that hey these allies weren't rejecting the call. Yeah, they just couldn't yeah. respond to the call. Yeah. Um, right. And so I really, it would be cool if we even, who knows if they even had the list on the, 
the rebel uh, the resistance base where they're at you know that'd be kind of a nice nod to the even integrating some some of the canon stuff you know yeah yeah um i also really liked poe's speech at the end um i think that's what stuck with me the most because a couple great speeches in this he he does and i listened to the audiobook uh it was narrated by mark thompson i believe and who's done a lot of different uh Star Wars audiobooks, mm-hmm. um, and and actually, kind of one of the, for me, kind of like one of the defining voices of Star Wars, actually, because I've listened to some of his other stuff before. Yeah, and kind of the performance that he puts into this, uh, not just with with Poe, but with others, but but listening to those speeches in an audiobook format was just, I loved it. Yeah, I'm sure it added a nice element to it that maybe I didn't get from just reading it, you know. Um, and it was that speech he gave at the end was really reminiscent for me of his what he says in the in the trailer for the Rise of Skywalker and and kind of the the speech he's giving about how you know others will fight if we lead them. You know, there's good people that will kind of right. you know I don't know what the right. exact quote is, yeah, but yeah. it it reminded me of that. Yeah. Um, and then one other thing I really liked was um, them getting the blockade runner, which I th- I think we see a shot of that in the Rise of Skywalker trailer, two of the, the blockade runner kind of um, taking off from the planet that they're on. Right. Um, so I thought that was a cool little nod to that. Yeah. Um, now, do, do you have more positives that you want to share before we get into any of the negatives that I had? Um, I... I... I would just maybe respond to one of you, to one of your earlier statements about this being the best of uh, canon mm-hmm. thing, and and you know you mentioned you you kind of like that also. I actually really like that. I like seeing some of those characters, like uh, Ransom Castafo is one of the people yeah, that rescue. Yeah. That was that's a callback to Bloodlines. To Bloodline, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I like seeing all that. I like that that we're kind of going back and getting in touch with these people that we've. You know, over twenty some years in in canon timeline, uh, we've lost yeah. touch with, and uh, you know, if it it makes it feel, I guess to me, it, it makes it feel like a last ditch effort. You know, we're going back to whoever yeah. we can, whoever we can think of that might be on our side. Uh, we're going to try to find those people and, and bring them back into the story. And I, I yeah, like I, that. I think, uh, me too. Yeah. yeah. I think it makes everything feel like a little more connected too. And I, mm-hmm. I think, I think it's kind of similar to what they're doing with episode nine, where they're kind of pulling everything together in a latch, a last ditch effort too. And, in in yeah. making yeah. a last stand right. um, and, and kind of even tying up together, not only in the story, but you know, what the creators like JJ is doing is tying up all nine films too, you know? Um, so I think it's cool that both the novel and the movie are kind of doing that. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, it almost has that kind of end game type of feel to it. Right. Um, now in terms of some of the negatives that I had, um, I think sometimes, and, and I don't know if this is just me, but, I feel like sometimes certain things feel too much like our world at times. Um, okay. Okay. In the novel. That's and, actually one of know, the complaints just... I had about Aftermath. Uh, not to, uh, yeah, so yeah. Things feel a little bit too uh, uh, grounded in Earth 
language and earth. Uh, yeah, and know. even certain moments in The Last Jedi felt like that. And I, I right. think you have to be careful with that because yeah, yeah. Star Wars is tricky because, you know, you want it to you want to be able to connect with it, um, but you want it to exist in this other kind of galaxy in this other world that's yeah. that's kind of like ours, but not too much like ours. Um, so it's a fine line. Um, but some of the examples I had were just, you know, like the, the, the description of it's either Poe or Finn um, putting on a tie. Okay. To yeah. me, that was just kind of weird. Um, or like Finn eating crab legs and Poe telling him he had to like crack them open. For, I know it was like a different kind of crab leg, but it was just yeah, like, th- yeah, eh, this feels a little like that doesn't bother you know, like that didn't going bother to Red Lobster. So much. Yeah, right. I mean, um, that didn't bother me so much. That's happened before. I, I like. I don't. I, I know you've read a, a good bit of the books, but there's always these little references to to calf, which is just, yeah, it's calf, just coffee. Yeah, yes. you know. Uh, so yeah. like I I understand that complaint because you're not the first person to ever have that complaint, especially back right. in the EU days. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. always that's always been kind of a complaint. And that was one of the main complaints I had about aftermath. Right. There's multiple references to things like moths, uh, like like yeah. flying around. Uh, uh-huh. um, was uh, the droid uh, Mr. Bones uh, yeah. ch- chasing around a moth right a couple different times and so like just for me just paint that picture but give it a cool name I guess. yeah give it like a Star Wars name yeah or something, yeah just, you know? just yeah. don't just call them that's just lazy I guess in, right in my in my mind maybe it's not actually lazy but in my mind it, it feels a little lazy yeah so I think my least favorite storyline in the whole novel was kind of like the the whole dinner party type thing um i just wasn't a huge fan of that a little bit uh canto bite yeah if it did yeah that's what it was if (laughs) that's why i didn't like it it felt very canto bite (laughs) to me which i did not like um and and the only other thing is i just felt like you know and i think after rise of skywalker some of the authors are going to have a little more freedom but I, I hope feel so. like I, hope so. I feel like there's these inherent limitations in the storytelling. Like you you can't make big things happen in these novels. Like you know, game changing things are not going to happen. So I think it's always like a little bit limited. Like the storytelling's a little bit limited. The stakes aren't that high. Um, yeah. So I, I think that was you know kind of my only other I negative. Am, I, I I have been thinking, and that's been one of my main complaints over over the last five years now already right uh with some of the new canon stuff is that it, it does feel like that there's not always a lot in the line we've getting we've been getting a lot of uh i don't know what to call it i guess side stories or yeah character studies in some cases mm-hmm. uh, I, I i do feel that complaint and like i do feel like this has that problem a little bit i guess for me right. i just kind of viewed it as like a kind of like a uh, uh like I, I said a prelude before but it's kind of the same idea and it, for me it goes back to i remember when um revenge of the sith came out and I, f- I forget the name of the book off the top of my head but there was a there's a tie-in book that led up like right up to the events of revenge of the sith Mm-hmm. And so you kind of like you knew when that book ended that his characters were not going to be dead or whatever. So right, right. Much, there wasn't many high stakes there. Mm-hmm. 
I, I guess for me, the the best parts of this book are getting me in the right frame of mind for Rise of Skywalker, because there are some things in this book that I would have been in the wrong mindset for. Uh, like we yeah. talked last week about Leia, that Leia's actually pretty sick in this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have been ready for that, because I felt like she was healing at the end of Yeah, she was alright. Yeah, uh, but she's very much not. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, we talked just a little bit ago about the uh, about getting the the resistance together and and bolstering the numbers. Yep, uh, I, that would have been a lot to do in in one movie uh, that you're wrapping a lot of other stuff up in. So for me, I, I loved it just because it kind of moved that story along. Yeah, I think it definitely succeeds when you look yeah. at it in that, you know, from that lens, from that perspective of, of what it's trying to do. And I think it definitely succeeded with yeah. that. Now, like you said before, um, I, I, after Rise of Skywalker, I really hope that some of these books get a little bit more uh, and kind of develop the timeline a little bit more, develop the universe a little bit more. I, I want to see yeah. a lot more stuff with New Republic, uh, with uh, right. Jedi Temple, with Ben mm-hmm. Solo, with, with all that stuff. And then yeah. post Rise of Skywalker, I want to see some pretty big events and series that give us you know new threats to deal with with these characters. Definitely. Cause and... I, I, and to be honest, I don't know after this movie, I don't know what we're going to see as far as you know, Poe and Finn and Ray on screen again. Yeah, I mean, it, it it could be a long time, if ever, if ever, you know right. that 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 we get them back on screen. So you know, so you can either fill in yeah. those gaps, you know, in in the timeline, or you can go post nine or prior to episode mm-hmm. one. You know, so there's there's oh yeah some, yeah you can go some way, different ways right. to go. I mean, I keep thinking about EU with, like, New Jedi Order and all that stuff that that happened mm -hmm. all post-six, and I want to see the same type of thing, not not the same stories, but I want to see the same ideas uh, that, you know, we're going to develop this universe beyond the last movie. Yeah, I definitely want there to be the establishment of a new, you know, Jedi Order of some type. Yeah, and Um, and not even just Jedi Order, but, like, I want to, you know, get back into the government stuff. Build mm-hmm. up the New Republic again. I want to see how that yeah. takes place without Leia. Uh, you know that type of stuff. I, right. Those are the types of stories that I want to see, and I hope that we really, I hope that we get that after this. Movie. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I'm really excited to see is um, coming out soon is Charles Soule's um, comic, you know, the rise of Kylo Ren, yes. and yes. looking at Ben Solo's turn and and the Knights of Ren and all that stuff. I think we could get, I think that'll be the first true test of the freedom that they have post episode nine of what the, the kind of stories they can tell. Right. Right. Um, there was one question that I was kind of left with at the end of this novel, which was, are we going to see wedge in the rise of Skywalker? Because it kind of sounded so. like he was pretty much done. You I know, think he, I think that was kind of his retirement there. Yeah, I would agree. Um, now, if I had to give a score to this novel, at first I was kind of leaning towards a 7 out of 10, but okay. with some of the stuff that happened at the end and 
and how it led into episode, how it's kind of leading into episode nine and post speech at the end, it really bumped it up for me to a, a seven and a half. So okay. that's that's where I land with. Uh, I'd be more in the eight range. I, like I like I said before, I really enjoyed this book. I love Poe's story. I love a lot of the stuff that happened in this. So I, I'd be more in the eight, mm-hmm. eight range. It's not Great. perfect. I'm, uh, no, we talked but, about just now. There there's some parts that aren't the best but uh but i think overall it's a really good read yeah there's a lot to enjoy here and i think it's definitely like i don't, I don't want to say mandatory reading like you know but it's it's definitely going to help going into episode nine if, yeah. so i would definitely recommend it. i'll say it if you want to know really what's going on if this is mandatory reading <laughs> fair enough <laughs> if you don't want to say it i didn't want to but you did <laughs> that's, so that's good <laughs> that's why Jumping into the Mandalorian chapter five. Yeah, let's do it. And we're not going to so, do any. This is all spoilers from here on out. Yes. So, so you've had you've been given your spoiler at warning point, at this I point. Mean, this this episode's been almost a week old by the time yeah. we're recording this. So you know. yeah. So I think we can go ahead and talk yeah, about this one freely. Yeah. Um, the title of chapter five. Do you recall the title of this one? It was. The gunslinger. Gunslinger, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've been complaining for a while and been grumpy for a while that we haven't gone back to a familiar planet in yeah. Star Wars recently. Yeah. Um, you know, why wasn't that one planet Tatooine? Um, why, why aren't the Death Star remains on Endor? Yeah. You know, I've been grumpy. But I was so I was so excited that we were going back to Tatooine Finally in this episode. Like, I was pumped. Um, it's not Jakku. It's not right. Arvala 7. It's finally it's Tatooine. Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. And I, I loved every bit of seeing Moss Eisley yeah. again. And this is what I wanted to mention from earlier. I'm I'm tired of just creating the same planet over and over again. Yeah. That looks the same with the same creatures and the same <laughs> aliens and just calling it something different. Right. I'm finally happy that we're just back on a on a planet that we know. Agreed. So I'm right there with you. And it was cool seeing the cantina again. Um, looks like there's some new ownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, whether or not it was the same exact cantina, I'm not sure. But it was. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be the same exact cantina. Okay. And that's actually uh, where we meet Toro. And I know we haven't got there yet, but that's actually the same exact uh, uh, booth that Han was sitting in. Awesome. Him in, in episode four. And I think it was it was interesting that there was a droid that yeah. was like yeah. the bartender. And, and it was um, because... I, was I forget what podcast I was listening to, but it kind of shows how the world has changed since the, yeah. the original trilogy, you know. Right. Uh, because droids weren't allowed in that establishment back then. Uh, but now they're running the place. And, you know, there's, and uh, it's like those, it's like the same presences that were there back then, like the humans have, have left. Yeah, or, or or dead. I don't know, but uh, yeah, something. But we got but droids running the place where droids weren't allowed to be before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it shows how the world has changed. Hmm. Um, I also thought the speeder bikes, all that stuff was pretty cool. There that was some scene cool was action. really cool. Hmm. Just seeing those things fly across the desert and how that was done with with the, with the effects and all that. I thought that was yeah. Really, I mean, really nice. Very reminiscent of Return of the Jedi, obviously, just yeah. not 
in the forest, but in, you know, on and on not desert. And, and not as obvious green screen, and not even like Anakin's right. uh, speeder bike ride in Episode Two. Right. Yeah, it definitely looked great. Yeah. And um, I love the whole action scene of you know, first of all, there being a sniper out there and mm-hmm. using the flash grenades to kind of get to her. I thought that was a, an interesting tactic, and I kind of. I like that whole action scene of, of getting to the sniper. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that. And the, the humor uh, was, was great the whole way through here because there was a lot of things that I just laughed out loud at. And I was watching this. I was down in Florida in a hotel and I was watching this with headphones on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there laughing and, th- and my wife is <laughs> staring at me. Staring Looking at, at you like, what are you what? laughing about? <laughs> but, uh, um, so backtracking a little bit. Mm-hmm. When uh, when when Mando and and Toro are uh, searching for uh, their their bounty, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her name. That was the Ming Na Wen character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they come across the Tuscan Raiders, which is cool to see Tuscan Raiders again. First, yeah, and, uh, yeah, I uh, forgot about that. That to, was cool. Having to play with, uh, having to pay to to cross their land with the Binox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Toro, Toro uh, objects and says that was new. And, yeah, and it, yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, but that, and then, it, yeah, what, what reminded me of that was when you were talking about the uh, the sniper shot, and uh, Toro says that yeah, I'm not wearing Beskar. <laughs> right, <laughs> that was that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, just that type of humor, and this is another Dave Filoni episode. Uh, yeah, directed this, so that's kind of the humor that I expect with Dave Filoni, and it was it was perfect uh-huh. for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I liked it as well, and there was even like a mention of, um, you know, like her having the she high has ground. the high ground, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's yeah. you know a lot, of, you know, Dave Filoni obviously but a knows lot of and loves Star Wars. And, yeah, the you know that being callback with the high ground, but then. Um, bigger uh, was it Bigger's Canyon? Uh, the Dune Sea got got mentioned. Yeah, Dune Sea Dune Sea was mentioned. Um, I think even was it Bigger's, Bigger's Canyon, Canyon might end? have been mentioned as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that yeah. was, I think that was the line that uh, Amy Sedaris was the was the lady that played the. I don't know what, the, what I want to call her, but she was the one that was the yeah. hanger. Right, was fixing up the ship. Yeah, so I, uh, I think Fennec there was Shand. Fennec Shand was uh, main no one's okay. character. That's right. Um, I just liked having a, a new story being told in a familiar place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that was pretty cool. And did you have any negatives about this episode? You know, when, when I first talked to you, I mentioned that this was maybe one of my least favorite episodes, but I've watched mm-hmm. it a few more times since then, and I think that's changing. Uh, yeah. And not that I didn't like it the first time I saw it, but I've had some more time to th- to think about about what's going on here. And I think that there's right. actually a lot of really good, really good subtle things that I probably missed the first time around. Yeah. I, I've only have watched it once. And I, so I do need to go back and watch it again. And I'm sure we'll get together, yeah. you know, on Friday and watch, watch that one again. Cause I don't think our other, our other buddies have, have seen it maybe yet. Um, oh, okay. Right. And so, yeah, I'm hoping to, to watch it again. And, you know, I'm starting to think more and more like, 
I think I'm going to appreciate this show even more when we are, and, and I, and I love the format of not binging it, but I think being able to see it as a whole piece of work, um, because I think there's this thing happening where people were kind of judging each episode as it should stand on its own, but, um, you know, and, and comparing it to the other episodes and stuff like that, which is something I, I do too, but yeah. But I think this is a show that's really meant to be seen as a as a whole. Um Yeah. And um there was a thread that I retweeted on Twitter uh, from Phil Zostak, I believe is how you say his name, but he he's a creative art director at Lucasfilm. And, mm-hmm. and the main point that he was getting across and and, and this came up with this episode because it, this does feel like a filler episode. Yeah, but he was talking about how it's become common lately to you know start talking down or this is denigrating certain TV episodes as filler. Yeah, uh, but what he says is not every. I'll just read this whole thing. Uh, not every okay. chapter of a story needs to advance the overarching plot. Quieter right. episodes, uh, which enrich your understanding, love of the characters and worlds, uh, make the louder ones that much more impactful. Uh, was the entire yeah was the entirety of Star Trek: The Next Generation or any pre-serialized TV show filler? Uh, to a certain extent, I blame binge watching and online spoiler culture for making TV viewing more about racing to find out what happens uh, next and lore accumulation instead of relaxing and enjoying the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he says yeah. he brings up Next Generation as an example of a show with filler. Uh, but as a show that, by definition above, is entirely filler, like every single episode since it represents, since it resets every single episode outside of a handful of, uh, outside of a handful of episodes, uh, which right. I think that nails it. Like, yeah, I think you make some really good points. Yeah, like this this episode again has that side mission feel, but there's a lot of things happening in this episode that are very important. Um, you see the Mandalorian learning a lot through this series. And, yeah. Uh, I was, so I, I know that the podcast, I, I know the, the name of this one I was listening to. This was uh, the force cast. that was talking about this, this mm-hmm. uh, episode. And some of the points that, the, that they brought up on there were excellent about, you think back to episode, it was episode two with the Jawas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so back then the Mandalorian is not ended negotiating. His he, his idea of negotiations are aggressive negotiations. Yeah, yeah, aggressive um, negotiations with, with a flamethrower. Yeah, not, not a lightsaber. <laughs> right, uh, but absolutely. We, but we totally see that change uh, by yeah. this episode. By episode five, he, he's he's uh, he's he's wheeling and dealing with the Tuscan mm-hmm. Raiders to get past. He's not just gonna you know cook him to a crisp he's you know he he's doing he's doing different things to, to figure out how, how to do this and some of that's actually called out directly uh by by amy amy sedaris mm-hmm. character's name is peli motto okay um you know when he leaves the child on board the the he obviously doesn't know how to take care of a kid uh because he, right. leaves, the, he leaves the child on board thinking he's just going to sleep there, you know, and before we saw him talk to it like a dog, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. sit, stay, don't yep. get off, but you know, that doesn't work. Uh, so, 
so we're going to, I would imagine that we're going to see him um, adapt to that later. You know, so you're, yeah. you're seeing him progress through this whole thing and you're seeing the changes that he's been going through uh, since this all started happening. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's all it's all kind of necessary. You know, it's all mm-hmm. essential to understanding the character um, and, you know, character development is is so yeah you're gonna have some episodes like that in in any series um that might look or feel like filler but they're you know really um pushing the story forward in different ways um right right. you know if i i guess to to look at some of the negatives i had yeah i was gonna um, say if i had a main negative it would probably be toro calican as a character it wasn't my favorite was that the... That was the perspective bounty hunter. Okay, okay. I didn't mind him too much. I actually okay. I actually felt like the the woman, um, and you'll have to help me out with her name, um, that was in Moss Eisley that was caring for Baby oh, Yoda. Oh, yeah, Amy Sedaris. Um, that was Pelimato. Yeah, that was the... I felt like she seemed name. slightly out of place for some reason. There was something about her that just felt a little off to me or out of place. But... Um, yeah, I think that was. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. And uh, I've, and I ju- felt that way at first too. I, I think, and, and even after a couple watchthroughs, I kind of feel the same. It felt a little bit out of place. Right. Um, I'm not a major I, complainer. It's just no, minor, but but again, um, I, like yeah. I think going back to like what we were talking about with the droids in the canteen, it kind of shows how things have changed on Tatooine since then. Mm-hmm. It's not the same type of clientele that's in charge anymore. Yeah, um, that's a good point. You know, and maybe some of the crime syndicates have left. Like we heard that the that the um, uh, that the guild is no longer operating there. Uh, so you know, some of that cutthroat style uh, attitude that was present there in four and even six is just not there anymore. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I think um, too. If I had any other negatives, it would be. I couldn't believe that he left Baby Yoda on the ship. Yeah, <laughs> but, but and that's then a character I thought choice. That, I mean, it's right. you know, I don't know if I can have really a gripe with that, but um, I was like, really? <laughs> You're gonna yeah, leave Baby Yoda. you I know what you know what was, happens when you do that, right? And I thought he was a little bit like freewheeling with with him when when uh, Toro came back with the speeders, like uh-huh. it was just out in the open and let's Toro yeah. see him, and you know that that causes problems right. later. Yeah, so I was kind of surprised about that. Um, and and I felt like you know while while again it's like you said this is it's all essential to the storytelling I felt like this was okay we're, we kind of have another detour here towards the main story and the main thing that's happening here but yeah but you right. know it's all it's all for the sake of of character development and the character learning different right. things so I'm, I'm okay with that yeah um yeah so any other thoughts on Mandalorian chapter five no I don't think so. All right, fantastic. Well, are you ready to jump into the points of view segment? Yeah, let's do it. Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Okay, uh, so for our points of view section this week, uh, the one idea that I had to talk about was to kind of cover Rise of Skywalker marketing uh, up until, you know, we're only a week away from from watching this movie. Yeah, and, that's insane. Yeah, and I, I kind of want to just kind of touch base and, and see what see what we both thought about how this has been marketed so far. Uh, you know, we've 
talked a, a couple weeks ago about how the floodgates have opened, and they definitely have opened. Yeah. Uh, between cast interviews and clips and trailers and TV spots and just just everything, uh, you know, we've this is more TV this spots. Is, yeah, <laughs> this is prime Star Wars marketing right here. Uh, so mm-hmm. I want to take a break, and then it, you know, next week we're going to talk about what we think is going to happen in the movie. But I think this is the perfect week to kind of talk about how it's been presented to us so far. So uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about here is, you know, what do you think, Josh? Uh, Do you think marketing has been on, on the money? Do you think it's been too much? Do you think it's maybe been not, not enough? Uh, What what do you, what do you feel in here? I mean, I think it is just enough bordering on too much, but, um, but for me, I'll take it all. Like I, I love it because okay. Okay. this is what I get. This is what excites me is, and I'm not gonna experience this again probably for a long time, if ever. But um, the excitement I'm feeling right now, and like seeing a new TV spot and seeing a cast interview, and just the excitement I get from taking in all this stuff and the anticipation and the build up. Um, leading to a Star Wars movie yeah. in the Skywalker saga. Like for me, there's nothing like it. There's no other movie um, out there that I get as excited for as a Skywalker saga movie. Um, yeah. And so I'm enjoying it. I'm taking it all in. I'm watching everything. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, but, but even me, like I, I've started to reach the point where I'm like, should I take a little break from this and, and, and not check out so much of this stuff um, yeah. contemplating that because it is getting to that point where i'm like okay i want to be a little fresh going in um to the movie but but i love it so that's me yeah so for for me i think it's a little too much and i don't mean that like in a, in a bad way like they're doing anything wrong like i think this mm-hmm. is the exact same thing that we would have seen uh a few years ago with last jedi and then also definitely with force awakens force awakens yeah uh, so I don't think that it's much different, to be honest, but it feels like it's too much t- for me at this point. And mm-hmm. you know, we, we talked earlier today, uh, you were, we were messaging about the about the score that uh, came out. Yeah. And asked if you were if I, I and I just, you asked if I was going to listen to it, and I just said, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> right. There's some things, I'm at the point now where I, I don't want to see anything else. And I, I, I want to experience the rest of it next Thursday. Mm-hmm. And that definitely includes the score for me. I definitely don't want to hear the score until I see right. it with the movie. And then after it, I'll, I'll go back and I'll, I'll listen to the score and, and separately and things like that. But I, I definitely want to see that stuff in the theater now. I, I'm at that point where I'm good. you know. Yeah. And I, I can definitely respect that. And I think, um, I think for me, like, this is what tends to happen. The first time I see a movie, especially a Star Wars movie, I'm completely overwhelmed by the experience to the point where I don't even know when I walk out of the theater, I never know really how I felt about it the first time I see it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's happened with almost every Star Wars movie I've seen, um, it, with the exception maybe of, of like the, the original trilogy movies. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's just a lot to process. Like I hardly even hear the score the first time I see a movie. Um, so for me, like I kind of like to have a vague idea going in of what the sights and sounds are going to be like, what mm-hmm. 
main story points might be. Um, I like having a little bit of that in my mind going in. So it's not quite as overwhelming to me that first time that I see it. Um, for me, the second viewing is always, almost always my favorite just because at that point, okay, I know it's coming and now I can really sit down and enjoy, enjoy what it is. And, um, so, so I, I hear you, but I also, for me, the way I kind of take in movies, um, for me, I kind of like having a little bit of that. And yeah, you are a true Jedi when it comes to not giving into the temptation <laughs> of the dark side of listening to the score. I did give into that temptation and I, yeah. I listened to it yeah. through one time. Um, there weren't any titles or anything and I don't even yeah, know. That's if they what were, I heard. Yeah. That there were, yeah I, it wasn't named. I don't know anything. if it was in chronological order or not. Okay. Um, I will say that what I heard for me didn't like make me it didn't spoil anything for me but i i I really liked what i heard and you know there were some familiar themes in there and stuff and then some some kind of new stuff but um i really enjoyed it i think for me it's uh the soundtrack is just something i like to experience the first time with a movie just to Mm -hmm. kind of see it that makes sense in its element i guess uh because you know the soundtrack is really the main complimentary thing for me uh, with the, with the film. So I, I kind of like to see those together hand in hand first time around. Yeah. It was kind of weird um, for me actually listening to the score with no context for what was <laughs> happening on screen. You know, yeah, I could see that. Um, <laughs> so it was a little weird. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to listen to it again when I have context. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing, and and we might have to break this down a little bit between an answer for us and an answer for everybody else, but Mm -hmm. what do you think of the effectiveness so far of of the marketing you've seen uh, across everything? Uh, TV spots, all uh, cast interviews, all that stuff. Uh, Yeah. Has it been effective? So, so let's, let's look at this two ways. So let's Mm -hmm. separate it down this way first. Do you think that this has been an effective marketing campaign for the Star Wars fan base as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, versus, well, we'll we'll do the verses later. Okay, <laughs> let's Star talk Wars about the base, let's like talk the, about the fan like, base, like the people that are really interested in this movie. Okay, uh, like us. The, the yeah, like us, the people that wouldn't have needed marketing to know that this yeah. was coming. Sure. I mean, I I, th- I think for for me, um, again, I dive so deep into this stuff that I want all of it. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, um, now would I still see the movie if I didn't see all this stuff? Absolutely. But for yeah. me, it's more about the excitement that it creates for me and the anticipation, like I said before. Um, so for me, I think it's really effective because I, I like to see all this stuff. What do you what think about... about- Oh yeah, for me, for me it was fun. Like I wouldn't have needed anything. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. What do you think about some of the uh, the more negative? I I don't want to say more negative. What do you mm-hmm. What do you think about some of the fans that weren't as thrilled with Last Jedi? Uh, do you think that this may have reached them a little bit? Yeah, I do. Um, okay. I you know I think there's I think there's a few things going on too that are, are in Star Wars favor right now. I think the Mandalorian is one of them. Yeah, I think sure. the Rise yeah. of Resistance ride is another. I think Fallen Order okay. is. I think there's Star Wars is getting a lot of wins right now. Um, yeah, and yeah. I I think that's getting people back on board that weren't on board for the Last Jedi. But when it comes to the Rise of Skywalker specifically, the marketing, um, 
you know, I think just throwing it out there right from the get-go that Palpatine is back, the Emperor's back in some way, um, probably hopefully got some of those fans on board. But um, I think yeah. all the, the the marketing um, is is kind of I think it's been I think they're very aware of the last Jedi backlash. And I think they knew. Oh yeah, they, for sure. Yeah. I think they knew the marketing would have to be on point for this movie to win some people back. Um, and I think they've done a good job of doing it. I feel like, you know, they might be marketing even a little, a little bit more from this for this one than they normally have for the other ones. So what do you think about for like the casual star Wars fan, or maybe the people that just kind of know what star Wars is, uh, do you think that this marketing is really getting to them? I mean, I think obviously the box office is going to tell us whether it's been effective or not. But right. in my opinion, like I think, I think people are seeing this stuff, whether it's in the theater going to see Frozen Two, um, whether it's you know during halftime of a f- Monday Night Football game, whether it's just wa- they're watching their shows, they're seeing this stuff. Like uh, just people I've been around, a lot of people were talking about it that maybe normally yeah. wouldn't. And I, I think there's excitement for it. And I, from, from my point of view, I think it's been effective um, for the general yeah. movie going audience. Um, I, I would agree. And uh, like, I, th- I think it goes back to what's happening with the Mandalorian about how, you know, star Wars has always been a pop culture uh, thing, mm-hmm. but it's even more so now uh, with, yeah, with how much is. the Mandalorian has, has reached everybody. Uh, so, you know, I think it's just kind of maybe, but maybe like a, perfect storm uh for them it really is yeah. i think the timing is right and if this is a if this movie gets positive buzz if this movie is well at least decently received critically and especially if it's really well received from the fan base i think that's the most important thing um then this thing could have long legs it could make a lot of money it could be very successful and it could be just the right time and what star wars needs yeah and what do you think about some of these like uh, uh, some of these things Specifically, I'm going to talk here about Fortnite. Did you see this, uh, the Fortnite crossover? I did not see that, so you'll have to tell me about I, that one. I didn't watch it. It's so, okay, so Fortnite stuff. Okay, so a, f- a few weeks ago, and I, I, I used to play Fortnite, but I haven't played it in probably about a mm-hmm. year now. So it, I wasn't going to take part in this anyway, because it's it's actually a, th- a, a scene uh, that hasn't been shown yet, and they were going to show this in-game in a... In, in a I guess I guess I guess it's like an in-game event, uh, but mm-hmm. they've done some little things like this before. They've done a like a, an in-game concert uh, with yeah. Marshmallow uh, a little while ago. So lately, uh, a few weeks ago, they actually had a, a Star Wars event where you could get like a, a skin for your character, like a, a stormtrooper skin. Okay. Uh, so this past week, it was announced that they were going to actually premiere uh never before seen clip of the movie uh in game mm-hmm. i'm not gonna watch that because a i don't want to download Fortnite again just to do that and right when it's going to be on youtube instantly anyway true uh, and b like i said before i'm just done at this point i don't want to see anything else um what do you think about stuff like that like that's a very different way to reach people i was i think they're being really mixed, I have mixed I think they're being really it, smart. Yeah. I think they're being really smart. I mean, okay. I think they're incorporating a lot of different marketing strategies. Um, you know, taking a lot of different approaches to it, you know, whether it's again um with something as popular as Fortnite, I think that's 
really going to hit the maybe even the younger demographic a little bit. Um, and then looking too at, um, you know, the Mandalorian and having a, a special look on Disney plus coming up on the on next week's episode of the Mandalorian too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're, I think they're being pretty smart with it. One thing that I thought about while, while I was putting this together, I would love to see on Disney plus a behind the scenes, like a half an hour behind the scenes special. Yeah. You know, that'd be awesome. like, I don't know if you remember back when, but I remember, you know, when I was a kid and movies were coming out and things like that, usually like on ABC or something prior to the launch mm-hmm. of the movie, there would be like this half hour special, like a behind the scenes special. And I remember that for Jurassic Park. I remember that for some other things. I would yeah. love to see that on Disney plus. I think that's absolutely, perfect, I think that's a perfect thing for them to do. And I, that like, makes me think of, and I don't know if it was HBO or some, one of the premium channels had like an inside look at an upcoming movies and it, it'd be like 15 minutes long and it's yeah, going behind yeah. the scenes and just like stuff like that. I, that'd be great on Disney plus. I'd love to see that. Yeah. So, so yeah, overall, um, I would say that the marketing has been overwhelming to a point. Aggressive. <laughs> it has been aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it can it can be it could be too much. And I don't times. know if it's because we're already a, so far so deep into this as fans, right? So I don't know if maybe like the the general person, the, they the, might not feel that way. We're yeah, we're kind of engrossed right. in it as we're doing a podcast and we're so into it and everything. Yeah, because. You know, for me, like every time I turn around, there's something brand new to look at. Like it's like every mm-hmm. time I refresh Twitter, there's something new. Yeah, and it's like I, I, I just let me have five minutes, please. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I hear you. So yeah, overall, I think it's been aggressive, but I, I think it's been effective also. And it's, I don't know if that's how you'd classify it as well, but. Yeah, yeah, I think I think both. I think it's been yeah. a little bit on the aggressive side, but probably hopefully effective for you know those that dive deep into Star Wars and the casual fan as well. So, have um, you uh, had a yeah. chance to listen to any of the cast interviews and stuff lately? Yes, I have. There's been <laughs> some interesting stuff coming out of that. We mentioned uh, the yeah. John Boyega thing earlier. Uh, yeah, he doesn't really mince words. No, he doesn't. Which is interesting to put that out there before before the movie comes out. That is an interesting choice, and I don't know if he maybe maybe he feels like Finn's definitely done, and he doesn't have to worry about them signing yeah, him again. And like, I don't he's know. Kind of saying things right. about the Last Jedi, but but I I know he was probably unhappy with his character arc in the Last Jedi, and and, and as a lot of people were. Yeah. Um, right. And I also think just my feeling from Daisy Ridley is I. The the vibe I'm getting from her is that she's just kind of done with Star Wars, at least for now. And I think she's had enough of the fan base, the toxic portion of the fan base. Just That's just kind of the impression I get from some of the things that she's kind of been saying, you know. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, it sounds like um, Oscar Isaacs is pretty much done also. Yeah, I mean, I know they aren't really interested in doing anything on Disney Plus. Um is is what I'm hearing too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like they they asked him specifically about you know coming back for a Disney Plus series, and mm-hmm. 
like not even just for the Disney Plus. It sounded like he was he, that the quote that he used. I think was he was cashing in his chips. Right. <laughs> he, he, he was yeah. done, he, he was done for a while. And I don't know if maybe that's just something like maybe some time would you know some time away could from change that. Could that. Change I mean, that, but, I mean, you know, because we we probably thought. Harrison Ford specifically, but Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher would never come back to do Star Wars again for a mm-hmm. long time. But, yeah. you know, the, eventually that did happen. So you never know what the future might hold. But right now it looks like this story is, is done um, yeah. with nine, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, either way, we've got one more week of this. I think we can make it through one more week. But uh, that'll yeah. wrap up the marketing and then we're into we're into the premiere. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I'm getting so excited. I'm so excited to do our next podcast where we yeah. just spend a whole episode on the rise of Skywalker and theories and predictions, and I'm, I'm excited for that one. So, yeah, well, uh, you ready to wrap up episode six? Yeah, let's wrap it up. I'm just glad you're here. At the end. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for uh, again for joining us for from a certain point of view. Uh, we hope you enjoyed episode six. Once again, we'd like to point you to our website from a certain point of view dot com. Hasn't been a whole lot going over going on over there the last week or so uh, with vacations and all kinds of other stuff going on. Uh, but we will be kicking that back into gear. And again, uh, we are on Twitter, uh, at CertainPOVPod, and we're, uh, the Facebook group is from a certain point of view as well. There's always conversations going on there, as well as in Discord. Uh, and the link for Discord, as well as all of the uh, socials, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, it's always in the show notes. You can always find it there, uh, and also on the website as well. So, uh, But once again, thank you all for joining us. Uh, sorry this episode came out a little bit late, but we're getting back on schedule, so we're pretty excited to get, get back into the swing of things. Um, That's right, and thank you everyone, and until next time, the Force will be with you. Always.